This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Becoming one of my regular guests anymore. It used to be once in a blue moon we had Stacy Duncan from the agency on, and now you, know, you might as well move in. I know, I know. I need some room for me there. I'm comfortable. Yeah. We'll quarantine together and have a little tea party or something. Good. Well, things just keep changing, and that's why I keep inviting you back. Uh, we have so many businesses that have been impacted, obviously, by the coronavirus, as we all have been. And uh, the work of the agency, the IDA, has just been continuing to evolve since this well, as I put it, the COVID hit the fan in mid-March. Uh, let's get a quick update on where we are right now. Uh, when I went to schedule you for this interview, we were waiting to see if Congress would get off their collected tuffets, <laughs> let's put it that way, and, and pass another stimulus thing that was going to help kind of the governments and the businesses and stuff. We're kind of still in a holding pattern. What does that mean for the agency and folks like you that try to help our local economy, businesses, and such get through all this? Right. Well, I think you know you said it well. We're in we're in a holding pattern on this, and that and the longer that goes, the more damaging that's going to be to economic recovery, especially for our, our small businesses. I know. I think J.P. Morgan Chase just. Uh, spoke the other day on the impact of the PPP program. Uh, they estimated that PPP nationwide saved about 30 to 35 million jobs uh, during that time. Uh, the most recent, the, the, well, the, the round that we did have of PPP, those applications closed August 8th. And I think there was an anticipation that we would be rolling into uh, a next phase of uh, PPP programs to keep, I think, that vital cash flow uh, into these small businesses that are just hanging on right now. Uh, you might, my, my opinion on that is that's something we did right. You know, that was um, the PPP program specifically was um, they were agile and getting that out the door very quickly. Uh, it was a bipartisan effort, uh, and it really did keep much needed money into our small businesses. You know, there, it wasn't perfect, and we all know that, and I think lessons have been learned from it, but we strongly encourage uh, that part of the next, a next stimulus include additional rounds of, of the PPP program. Because I think you had businesses, you know, uh, you know, we all thought this would, we, would be over by now. We thought by mm. fall, by, you know, late summer, early fall, we would sort of be, you know, and I say in air quotes, back to normal. Um, we know now that that normal is, you know, we, we may never be back to the, the, the normal we were before, but it's critical that we keep uh, cash flow into our businesses. So, you know, on the local end, state and local end, um, we've loaned out about um, half a million dollars to area businesses of our loan portfolio. Uh, we had just under a million to, to be able to provide, and that's ranged from service businesses to some manufacturing and to some others. Uh, and we're continuing to promote that money is available with, uh, you know, very flexible terms really to, to get the businesses the cash flow they need. Uh, we've also participated with New York State's uh, New York Forward Loan Fund, uh, which, can, which is aimed at helping uh, underserved populations, minority and women-owned businesses, as well as uh, businesses that are located in 
distressed economic areas. So we're actually going to be doing uh, a webinar on that in a couple of weeks because we, we want to keep the information out there that there is money available. Right. I see. I think the last of the webinars on that is August 20th. Uh, that is one the state's hosting. We're going to do a customized one. Uh, we're partnering with National Development Council, and we're going to do a customized, you know, just for Broome County businesses, because we we were able to roll some of our loan funds, about $100,000, into that program, which leveraged and created a $2 million loan pool hmm. uh, through that per- partnership with NDC. So uh, they said, you know, whatever you invest will match that 20 to 1. So there are, you know, there are monies available and we just need to keep that that word out um, that we're you know we want to work with businesses on their their needs as they you know slowly and you know they're, they're recover you know they're ramping up but it's slow um, you know consumer confidence is is not as you know maybe not building as quickly as as you know we'd expect um, you know it's that balance of, of public health and safety versus you know, getting back to life as we know it. And I think it's going to be a slower process than maybe we originally thought. I think it's confusing for the consumer as well because there still are some businesses that are not being allowed to reopen in New York State. I know there have been rallies recently by gym owners and by bowling alley owners. Uh, the entertainment industry, which some of our people here um, have been mobile DJs and have seen their wedding contracts and, and such dry up but there's can i think the consumer the general consumer might even be a little bit confused about what is open what isn't open what's safe to go to what's not safe to go to as everybody watches the numbers go up and down as far as infection rates and stuff and considering whether or not if the theaters movie theaters open or or plays or the opera or something if if they feel safe to go there and it's got to be just absolutely harrowing for the, some of these small businesses and even some larger businesses to try to figure out if they're going to be able to survive all this. Yeah, you know, I, I think we've we've not yet truly seen the economic impact. I think that's going to continue to play out in the next year, quite frankly. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of uh, restaurant owners. Uh, and their their goal, you know, right now is a, is a break even. Um, is is there, you know, is a success, and it's, it's certainly not what we want to see for them. So we're continuing to, you know, build that confidence because a lot of them are taking are painstakingly preparing and and putting public safety, you know, at the forefront as you know as we expect that they they would and they are. And so you know, it's how we build that confidence back. Um, you know, the larger, some of the ones you mentioned that are still closed, a lot of consumer spending goes into those businesses. And so that's challenging because that's monies that aren't going back into the community. I can tell you that, you know, as a participant in the regional, the Southern Tiers Regional Control Room, you know, every member of that control room are, you know, staunch advocates for those businesses. There's not one that hasn't, you know, echoed trying to do something safely. Um, that being said, you know, this the state is has a, a strong sense that some of those businesses, um, you know, are, are just concerning from a public health point of view. There is a lot of dialogue. I mean, I think if any if any business wants to know, there is a lot of dialogue. It's not a one sided conversation. We've just not been able to convince uh, the state at this point um, that the public health risks. You know, there's that balance, and you want to you want to maintain. Uh, safety. So it's it's a it's a challenge right now. I think the state is going to take a conservative approach uh, while we watch 
what's going to happen in the next few months with school openings and colleges coming back to upstate New York. Uh, so it's, you know, it's not without challenges, uh, but we are continuing, uh, I think, uh, an important dialogue on a regular basis. That's got you walking kind of on a tightrope on one side being such an advocate for the businesses and such, but also seeing the other side of the coin as you're seeing the process going through. But it still seems that some of these decisions coming out of Albany are almost arbitrary about, well, it's okay to do this, but it's not okay to do that. You know, if you can wipe down and say sanitize uh, uh, some of these uh, uh, facilities that, that have touch screens and things like that, you know, right. banks and things like that. Yeah. Why isn't it okay for uh, Tioga Downs to go through with their facilities that they have to be able to afford to have uh, fogging and misting and sanitizing and, right. and some of these bowling alleys talking about all this, the stuff that they have to take care of their equipment and such. It seems like it contact sports like football and then training for football and things like that. Why is it okay to knock heads on a football field but not to do something else? It's it just it just seems like so random sometimes. But you're on the end of it too. That is seeing some of the process as well. Yeah, you know it is it is it is a balance. You want to you want to be a strong advocate on on all businesses having the opportunity to reopen, and you want to also be mindful of. Of public health and safety, but I do agree on those issues that I think the state is, it, you know, we, we do need to come to uh, a decision point on those. I think as we are opening more and more, um, you know, a balanced approach in, in providing opportunity for all businesses to begin to open and monitor and watch and keep capacity requirements in place. You know, a lot of these businesses have planned for those, so they're ready for that. So well, a lot of this is keeping the public safe from themselves, because people go, I can make my own decisions, but, you know, it doesn't affect just you. True, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the most important thing of all of this is that, you know, that there there needs to be... Um, there needs to be a shared belief that the measures we take right now with mask wearing, with, um, you know, social distancing, with, uh, you know, all the hand washing and the hand sanitizing and, and the capacity, we, you know, we have to share that, that those efforts will work to, you know, try to, abri- you know, abridge this a time frame on this because I'm fearful that the more, you know, we sort of some do, some don't, we're just prolonging, um, you know, we're prolonging this process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to some people and, and we've talked about, you know, the movie Groundhog Day. You know, we, we wake up and we want to feel like, okay, we're, we're better, but we kind of keep, you know, moving from one month to the next. I know in planning, you know, some events and programs, uh, you know, wearing my chamber hat, you know, stuff we were talking about in March, we thought, well, you know, by August, September, we'll be ready. Obviously, things have changed, and we're adap- adapting to that and trying to be very mindful. And we we hosted our first in-person event, a much-needed uh, career fair. And you know, I commend the the team that that put so much time and effort. But whether it be the chamber staff and the Holiday Inn, we helped. And, and you know, you can um, you can move forward, uh, but you have to buy into the. The current state of, of what you need to do. So if that's you know six feet and masks and social distancing and keeping room you know capacity to a minimum, 
you know, um, anything that'll advance the ball to where we want to be, you know, we have to make those, I think, collective How does the impending reopening of public schools and the return of the college students impact our Broome County Southern Tier, Twin Tiers economic picture and uh, where we go from here as far as our businesses and our base? Yeah, I mean, the uni- you know, just speaking on the university, I know there's, I'll be, be fortunate to participate in a, in a program later today on that topic. You know, the university has been a, a critical driver. Um, we can't overlook the role that it plays in our economy. Um, it, I, you know, the, in the, uh, the multiplier effect, the economic impact uh, in the region, if you include Tioga County, and there is about $1.3 billion. That's, that's significant, uh, about 6,000 jobs from full-time to part-time positions to jobs for students. And, and you know, it's also, it's also that vibrancy and energy that students bring to the community, but it's also, you know, they are part of the fabric of our community. They spend nine, ten months or more here. And we want to make sure that we look at the restart and the reopening, I think, with enthusiasm. But it's also, I think, very important that we recognize that a, a thoughtful approach and strategy has to be adhered to because we are going to see, you know, we are going to see uh, probably some blips. We're going to see things occur that we just need to know that we can address them um, collectively. And, and I commend, you know, the university and the city and the county. You know, I think everybody's worked together to try to try to come up with a plan. I mean, we all have to remember, too, none of us have done this before. Right. So, um, you know, to a fully functioning university is incredibly important to our economy. We know we're not going to be at 100%, but to the degree that we can begin to um, allow that the university to play that important role of education and uh, serving as an economic driver is, is really important. You know, the K-12, through um, you know, as we were chatting in the beginning, I said I think we're we're sort of in a, a couple of weeks of a, a sort of holding pattern. Um, I've certainly realized how much of our, our economy moves on the school calendar, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be uh, certainly child care and, and workforce related. Big issues. issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't envy the position that the schools have been, have been dealing with. I give them a ton of credit for trying to come up with, you know, scenarios A, B, and C. I know my district has, you know, has offered two um, two scenarios for parents. Um, I know they're putting so much time and effort into, you know, those things we talked about earlier, into the practical application of reopening, keeping students separated to the degree that, you know, that is um, required, right. to providing all of the PPE supplies, to making sure the minute someone has maybe a symptom or a health issue, they're being, you know, addressed. You know, it's 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 a very heavy lift, and I, I think that you know, I'm, I'm encouraged by you know the work they've done. I know my you know my kids are eager to get back to learning in some form. You know, uh, whether they do a hybrid or a remote. Um, you know, I think those options are really important for parents to have. Um, but I, you know, I think we need to look at the next few months. Um, as, as both the college, college and the university open, and K through 12 open, you know, I think we have to just be look at it with with a lot of compassion and a lot of patience, and and knowing that 
we're all learning this as we go. Um, there is no perfect solution, um, but you know, it's somewhere between kind of doing nothing and trying things out and seeing what's working and, and, and being very watchful and mindful of the impact on the public health numbers. I mean, that's... Well, we're kind of all doing the best we can, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, every action we take, we have to, you know, provide the time to look back and see how is this impacting um, cases, you know, well, and, and watch that very closely. We are out of time, and we didn't even talk about the whole teleworking thing, which also goes hand-in-hand hand with the telelearning thing. We'll have more conversations, I'm sure, as the weeks progress. Thank you very much for being my guest. My pleasure. Anytime. Have a great day. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier. It's a pleasure